Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Lords of Limited. My name's Ben, 100% Warney, and joining me on the line, as always, is Ethan Green is Great Sax. Ethan, what's up in your world? Well, Ben, I, I'm very sad to say that Throne of Eldraine is no longer available as the best of one format on Magic Arena, and I'm sad to see it go. I had a blast getting to draft that set again uh, this past week. Yeah, I did not partake, and I am a little, I'm experiencing a little bit of uh, regret after realizing that we have two more months of Zendikar Rising here. Yeah, not that Zendikar Rising isn't great. Um, I think both you and I are enjoying the format. It's just, I'm not sure what, what else we can churn out for our fine listeners here in terms of revelations about the format. We'll dig deep and we'll find some stuff. Yeah, for sure. Well, we definitely have a sweet episode lined up today. We're going to be doing our Zendikar Rising full 45, looking at not one, but two entire draft logs um, that Ben and I have from our recent experiences in the format. That should be pretty fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So before we dive into that, we'll do a little bit of housekeeping as per usual. First things first is the Lords of Limited Patreon page. Patreon.com slash Lords of Limited is where you can go to give back to the show if you so choose. Of course, the show will always be free. We got some perks along the way. We did actually uh, break out a new perk for our hero tier. Uh, and you can check that out over on the Patreon page and see what, what tiers might work for you. But the hero tier, which gets a private section of the Discord all to themselves, uh, they also now get to have office hours with you and me, Ben. Um, I did my first session this week, which was pretty sweet. Had a nice long conversation with one of our hero tier patrons, which was awesome. And I'm looking forward to maybe scheduling that a, a little bit easier for other folks to, to dive in as well. Yeah, it was pretty sweet. I was hoping to be there, but then school, you know, rip work. Uh, the worst, the worst. But anyway, so there's a lot of really, really cool stuff over there. The Discord is always hopping and popping in each and every week. We want to make sure that we shout out our new patrons. So this week we are welcoming Nilo, Eric, and Mike. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We really appreciate your support. Yeah, cannot say thank you enough. You know, we say it every week, but the Discord is great. Uh, just recently had an hour to kill at school because my classroom was taken over as a COVID quarantine area. Um, so I was babysitting some students and entertained myself happily on the Discord for an hour and dived into the world of magic for a little bit while I was keeping an eye on some seventh graders. Some of those channels move so fast, it feels kind of like streaming light a little bit, you know? <laughs> like, there's a, a lot of conversations to try and keep up with. Absolutely. In addition to the Patreon, this podcast is now brought to you in part as well by Channel Fireball. Channelfireball.com for everything magic-related and Pokemon-related now that you could possibly need. They've got some sweet gifts over there. If you're looking for people, uh, magic-related gifts for the holiday season, you can get Magic Fest in a Box, which sort of replicates... The experience of going to a GP as far as swag you would get, um, there's playmats, judge promos, that sort of thing. So if that's of interest to you and you're trying to get a gift for somebody that loves magic in your life, Magic Fest in a Box, great idea. As well as CFB Pro, you, Alex, and I are all creating content over on CFB Pro, writing articles. You and I are doing videos over there on the free side. Um, so if you've been on the fence about CFB Pro, cannot recommend it enough. There's a $10 option where you get your $10 back in store credit. Or if you're not interested in the store credit part, you can sub for $5 a month for CFB Pro. And I think it is well worth it based on the content we're putting out on the limited side. And I know there's fantastic content on the constructed side as well. And if you do either of those things, when you head over to Channel Fireball, make sure you use code LOL when you check out to let them know that we sent you over there and help the show out. One last 
tiny bit of housekeeping. The show is going to come out on Monday, November 2nd. Tomorrow is election day for our fine listeners in the United States. Please, 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 if you haven't already turned in an early ballot, please go out and vote. Find your polling station. Go out and vote. Voting is important. Your vote matters. This election matters. Please vote. Yeah, I completely agree. I am proud and a little bit ashamed that this is the first time I've ever voted. Um, I've not felt like it was super relevant to me in the past. So ashamed of that part, but proud that I overcame that uh, incorrect stance and went out and voted this year. So you should too. I, I'm going to take take credit for that that vote, Ben. You know, they, they keep trying to get you to like be like, and can you encourage three people to go to the polls? And I'm counting you as one person. Excellent. I'm happy to be your be one of your three. All right. So let's let's dive right in here, Ben. I am this this draft was very fortuitous because I was on my throne of Eldraine kick and then I just accidentally joined a Zendikar Rising draft on stream this week when I didn't mean to. <laughs> but it ended up being a pretty interesting draft, I think. So I'm excited to to get your thoughts on this and for our listeners to follow along. So are you ready to take a seat at the full 45 roundtable? Always. All right. Pack one, pick one. We're the, we're, we can shortcut this. There are a lot of options, but then there's also there's a roost of drakes in the pack, Ben. Spoiler alert. But so we've got best common in the pack and probably best common overall. Royal eruption. Are, are you Definitely. there? Uh, so and then the three uncommons, I think, are all quite good. We've got ruin crab, roost of drakes and Balaged recovery is your MDFC. That's the two in a green sorcery that returns target card from your graveyard to your hand. And then the rare is Squad Commander, three and a white for the three three core warrior. It ETBs with a one one warrior creature token for each creature in your party. And at the beginning of combat on your turn, if you have a full party, creatures you control get plus one plus zero and gain indestructible until end of turn. And I have had the pleasure of having that trigger resolve on my side of the battlefield. Ooh, nice. Yeah. So pretty strong pack. Yeah, pretty strong pack. This is an easy roost of drakes here, I think, or a clear roost of drakes. And I think my number two would actually be royal eruption if restoring in the pack. Ooh, that's spicy. I don't think I'm there with squad commander, and I'm not sure I'm there with ruin crab. But I think I would take Royal Eruption over Ballyged Recovery, which is a far cry from where we were or from where I was uh, about a month ago. Agreed. Yeah. So snapped up the Roost of Drakes here, feeling pretty good about that as my accidental Zendikar draft of the week. Pack one, pick one. Uh, pack two, see the following cards as options. A uh, good number of blue cards, Risen Riptide and Tazim, Royal Mage and Bubble Snare, all at common with Salundi Vision as our MDFC still in the pack at uncommon. Other commons there's not really other cards in consideration right we've got a blue card we've got two blue cards with kicker that other blue cards that care about kicker we've got an mdfc here you know i think those are all going to be in consideration over rabid bite or cinderclasm which i still can't can't quite figure out why what i'm missing about this card and why everyone seems to like it so much more than i do there's some decks in best of one that just absolutely fold to it like if, if your opponent's playing warriors or wizards or sometimes rogues, there's times when you cast Cinderclasm on turn four and the game is over because your opponent went one, two, three, and they all have two toughness. Mm -hmm. So I think just the upside of that is worth it in best of one if you don't have a lot of one toughness creatures yourself. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. But then what about the other side when it's dead, when your your opponent's playing some some like core celebrants and shepherd of heroes? I don't know. You've got some fissure wizards diluted away, maybe, yeah. or, you know, card draw to make up for it maybe you've got field research i don't know there's ways all right that's fair so what do you like out of this pack as a follow-up to roost yeah it's between bubble snare and royal mage royal mage is rapidly closing in on bubble snare for me as the number two blue common but i Ooh. think i still have bubble snare there so i think i would be on bubble snare over royal mage here yeah i'm on i'm on bubble snare ahead of royal mage in my pick order it's so interesting to me 
to see what a roller coaster Risen Riptide has gone on in terms of my evaluation of it. It's just not that good. It's just not that good. Like, I, I totally agree. I basically only like Risen Riptide when I have like two or more into the Royals. But other than that, like if I can't reliably or I, I can't count on at least sometimes being able to have this be a 5-5 blocker in combat, then I'm not super interested in it. I agree. All right. So bubble snare pick two. We're, we're all lined up here so far. Pack three takes a bit of a dip in power level. Our only blue card in the pack is Chilling Trap. The single blue instant target creature gets minus four, minus oh until end of turn. If you control a wizard, draw a card. I would say other top commons here. There's not really a lot. Ardent Electromancer in red and Marauding Blight Priest in black, though I really feel like that's kind of a secret black-white-gold card. Um, all three uncommons and the rare are still in the pack. So we've got Zoff Consumption as your MDFC. Thwart the Grave for black black sorcery costs one less to cast for each creature in your party and you can return target creature card and up to one party member card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Skyclave pickaxe as a green equipment and then the rare Nahiri's lithoforming the X red red sorcery sack X lands for each land you sack this way you draw a card and then you can play X additional lands this turn and lands you control enter the battlefield tapped this turn. Yeah I think there's a clear best card in the pack and that's Thwart the Grave as far as just raw power level. Mm -hmm. I think I've been a little low on this card all format and I've recently been adjusting both it and Blood Beckoning up in my pick order. Blood Beckoning has gone up a lot in my pick order. I keep thinking I should be able to wield Blood Beckoning and I've finally come to the conclusion that I just need, if I want a Blood Beckoning, I just need to pick it. If it's pick three, I take the Blood Beckoning, you know? That kind of effect is so tough for me to take that high because it's the the difference between having zero and one is so huge and the difference between having one and two is is quite large in the sense that i think the second one is much less good than having the first one but having the first not having one versus having one is also a big difference right so you just have to suck it up and take it because if you don't get one it's such a disaster yeah for sure your deck is much weaker your black decks are much weaker when you don't have a, a thwart or a blood beckoning yep so i think this is between thwart and electromancer and i think thwart is enough more powerful that i'm just taking thwart here yeah for sure so th- three for three here nothing super interesting all right Getting some getting some more discussion fodder here. So in terms of our commons for pick four, blue cards, there's a Zulaport Duelist, a Glacial Grasp, and a Shell Shield, all cards I would hope to not take this early. Best common in the pack is the aforementioned Blood Beckoning. And then two uncommons left, we've got Kazul's Fury, that's the Fling MDFC, and Vine Gecko, one in a green for the 2-2. First kicked spell you cast each turn costs one less to cast, and whenever you cast a kicked spell, put a plus plus one counter on Vine Gecko. Yeah, you're just windmill slamming Vine Gecko here. I mean, Roost goes in any blue deck. I mean, you're happily playing Roost in any blue deck because there's enough kicker in blue and enough smattering of kicker in the other colors that you're going to get there on Roost of Drakes. But blue-green is where it's at its best, and Vine Gecko is a clear sign, I think, pack one, pick four at this point, that blue-green kicker might be open. Right. Yeah. So I'm sort of like salivating at this point at the possibility of a good blue green kicker deck, you know, gecko on two into roost on three is is kind of a dream curve. So hope to be doing that. Uh, Now pack one, pick five, Uh, only blue cards here, negate and a field research. Only green cards are to drew snare caster and strength of solidarity, strength of solidarity being, I think, one of the few cards in the format that I will probably never cast. (laughs) 
Um, have you have you uh, put this card in your deck yet? I have not. No. And not much else to speak of here. Black cards, Mind Drain, and then a Lithoform Blight at Uncommon that really just doesn't get there. So pretty clear pick here for me, Ben. Yeah, I think it's a field research. I mean, you could make a case for Skyclave Sentinel, but field research is just a much better card, in my opinion. Yeah. And both of them have kicker. So snapping up the field research here, you cut blue, all of that's good for you. Yeah, for sure. So we're now now got Bubble Snare Roost and Field Research as blue cards and then potential hoping for Vine Gecko. We've also got Thwart the Grave if black is where we want to be at. Okay, pack one, pick six. Big boost in power level here. Um, in terms of the commons, there's a Pyroclastic Hellion, a Core Celebrant, and Into the Royal still here. Pick six is great. And two really good uncommons in my mind. There's another Thwart the Grave and a Vastwood Surge. This is the three and a green sorcery. Kicker four, search a library for two basics, put them into the battlefield tapped. And then if you kick it, you put two plus plus one counters on each creature you control. Yeah, this is tough picks like this are hard for me to wrap my head around on arena so there's three commons missing from this pack which means i think some some drafters ahead of you have made some questionable choices potentially Mm -hmm. for into the royal and thwart the grave to still be in this pack but i mean right now at this point in the draft the only thing we know is that we're blue right even even before we see this into the royal i think we're a hundred percent to play blue would you agree with that statement or like 95 percent? it would be very hard for me to imagine this draft ending with us not playing blue Right. So we're snapping up into the Royal here, I think, because we know we're blue. And then we're trying to feel out whether we want to go down the black or green lane from here. Right. So while, you know, I think there are arguments out there that perhaps Thwart or Vastwood Surge are more powerful cards than into the Royal. Into the Royal, I think, goes toe to toe with them for sure and might even be better than both of those cards. I'm not, I, I don't quite know where I stand there. But the tiebreaker here is is quite clear in that we've got three blue cards. So getting deeper into blue is the best option. Yep. So moving on to pack one, pick seven, blue cards still in the pack, Shell Shield and Bane Veil as a, an MDFC that, that underwhelms. Uh, there's a Stonework Pack Beast way too late for the Party Prismite in my mind. And then there's also a Feed the Swarm as a black removal spell and Reclaim the Wastes as, uh, in my mind, the best green common and a, and a card with kicker that, that pairs nicely with what we've got. So I'm, I'm curious where you come down here. Yeah, this is a tough pick. I think you can make a case for any of Pack Beast, Reclaim, and Feed the Swarm, depending on where you want to go. I mean, Stonework Pack Beast is the most high ceiling, low floor, or low floor, high ceiling, high floor, low ceiling, high floor, low ceiling. Kind of make your deck. It's going to be a fine card in your deck but it doesn't really do much for you, especially if you end up in blue-green kicker. That's probably its worst home. Mm -hmm. We have no ways to get a creature off the battlefield yet, so Feed the Swarm is kind of appealing in that respect. Reclaim has synergy with the Roost of Drakes, could let us splash future cards. It's tough. I think for me it comes down to Feed or Reclaim, and I think given how blue-green is Roost's natural home, I think I'd steer towards Reclaim here, even though I think Feed the Swarm is a better card. Yeah, and I think having the Vine Gecko as well is a, is a pretty big boost there. That's another one of those like two, three punches of Gecko on two, Reclaim kicked on three that I like quite a bit. Um, so yeah, I, I took the Reclaim here. Do you think there's an argument for Shell Shield as well as like, look, this just keeps you blue and it's got kicker? Or is that that's too low of a dip in power, right? Versus the other cards? Yeah, I think that's too much of a dip in power level. I don't even always include the first Shell Shield, yeah. even when I have Roost of Drakes. I, I have to have creatures that I want to protect, I think, before I'm happy about Shell Shield. Yeah, I think it depends for me, because I do think it's powerful to have a two mana instant speed Drake when you've got the Roost, but I agree, it's it's not a, not a powerful card at all. 
So I took the reclaim here. So Ben, we're like seven for seven. This is kind of crazy. Moving on to pack one at pick eight, you're going to get that copy of Feed the Swarm here as uh, there's a Feed the Swarm versus va- basically nothing else. And we'll just round out the, the pack here and then and then check in where we are at the end of pack one. So on the wheel, uh, pack one, pick nine, you grab a Skyclave Squid. I love this little guy. Yeah, Squid is good. I think it's fine filler. I don't think it's any better than filler, but it's a good card. Solid little dude. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Salundi Vision, pack one, pick 10. So you get that blue MDFC on the wheel, which is nice. That's our first MDFC in the deck. Might of Marasa has another kicker spell, getting us deeper into green. There's a Shell Shield, pick 12. Tajuru Snare, caster 13. And a Tuck Tuck Rubble Fort, pack one, pick 14. So feeling pretty good at the end of pack one here, Ben. Yeah, as you should be. You have one of the best cards in the set in Roost of Drakes and looking like you're going to be blue-green. Yeah, looking like a good little path towards blue-green. But I, I'm sure as our, our dear listeners know, we wouldn't include a, a draft that was on rails like this for, for the for this full 45. So we'll see where things go awry or go differently in pack two, pick one. So opening up our pack here, you see not very much good stuff in blue, unfortunately. So the blue cards are Deliberate, Skyclave Squid, and then a Merfolk Wind Robber at Uncommon. A, a fine card in the Rogues deck, but outside of that is not something I think you want to be playing. So not great. And then in green, there's a Rabid Bite. That's the only green card in the pack. So not excited about that. And there's a Pack Beast as well. But then in black, we've got Deadly Alliance at Common, Blood Chief's Thirst at Uncommon, and your rare, or should I say your mythic, is uh, your MDFC. That's Shatter Skull Smashing. That's X Red Red Sorcery. Deals X damage divided as you choose among up to two target creatures and or planeswalkers. But if X is six or more, it deals twice X damage divided as you choose instead. Yeah, this is a tough pick i think so you're not taking a blue card here i mean merfolk right. wind robber is the best thing so you're between blood chief's thirst and rabid bite so the question you need to ask yourself here is what do you think is more open based on what you saw in pack one there were a couple late feed the swarms there there was a very late thwart the grave but we also got some good late green i mean some of that stuff we picked up there at the end there were multiple green cards left in the pack green's generally less drafted than black I think on Arena especially. I I don't know what I would do here between Rabbit Bite and Blood Chief's Thirst. Rabbit Bite's gonna be a fine card in our deck, but we don't have a lot of big creatures yet, even that work well with it. I think I would take Blood Chief's Thirst here with the thought that I still am hoping to be blue green, but that I'm not gonna miss Rabbit Bite much if we do end up blue green and you know, maybe even could think about hoping to wheel it if there's not a lot of green drafters going on, and that if I'm blue black, picking up a kicker card for the blue black deck is very important. Yeah, right. So I think that's the the tiebreaker here. So I think folks might think, well, look, Rabbit Bite's not great, and that's where we're at. And you've got a more splashable removal spell in Deadly Alliance because it's single black to kill anything, whereas Blood Chief's Thirst, you need double black to kill anything. But I think, you know, it's not unreasonable to think if green is open that we're going to get a little bit more fixing, another reclaim, and then maybe a Vastwood Surge or a Royal Regrowth or whatever. And and that getting black black may not be that difficult. And then also, if we do end up going blue black, that Blood Chief's Thirst is going to be better there because it provides us a kicker card, as you said. Oh, yeah. I, I, there's no thought in my mind that I'm hoping to splash this Blood Chief's Thirst right now. That's that's a little ambitious for me. But it is not close to Deadly Alliance for me. I think Thirst is just a better card. And the fact that it has kicker makes it I'm not even considering Deadly Alliance here. Yeah, I want to just take a quick pause to talk about that. The thought of like, well, maybe black was a little open because we saw those late feed the swarms. I've been pretty conscious of in this format. And this all goes back, I think, to your discussion of being very aware of the the things you pass in terms of like trying to put people in. I think in particular to 
putting people into tribal decks when you can go like, well, I, I shipped a Cleric of Life's Bond, so I'm assuming someone is going to be in black-white, so maybe I can stay out of their way and we can help each other out type of deal. That I've also been aware of the cards that I'm pretty sure I'm higher on than other people. Like I've just stopped thinking that like a pick six Balagad recovery or a pick six colony ambush is a signal because while those are cards that I like, I don't think the general population is as high on those. And I think Feed the Swarm goes into that category as well. Yeah, I think it was late enough though that it was pretty good. I, I could that, that's a solid case. I still think I would take those as data points that that black could potentially be open. Yeah, no, I think that's totally fair. I mean, pick eight, we had pick seven and pick eight feed the swarms. I think that that is too late for that card. It's about to wheel. But I, I just just throwing that out there is something I've been thinking about. Um, So we're, we're going to snap up this Blood Chief's Thirst here, pack two, pick one. And then pack two, pick two, again, not excited about the blue cards. There's a Zulaport Duelist, a Living Tempest, and a Merfolk Wind Robber at Uncommon again. Don't like any of those. I don't like the green cards. Tajiru Blightblade, Turn Timber Ascetic, Adventure Awaits. So that leaves us with black cards, which there's a dread worm at, at common, which I don't really care about. But the rare is in the pack, and that's Nighthawk Scavenger, the one black black flying death touch lifelink vampire rogue. And its power is equal to one plus the number of card types among cards in your opponent's graveyard. Yeah, I mean, this is a pretty clear Nighthawk Scavenger here. I think there's nothing else in the pack. So even if we don't end up black, I mean, you're taking it here in case you do end up black because you're not the opportunity cost is so low. You're not giving up. It's not like there's an end of the royal here or something. If there's an end of the royal here, it's a lot more interesting conversation. And I think you probably take into the royal, although even that's pretty close, you know. So that's interesting because I think I was thinking about how low I would go. Like, so yeah, so into the Royal, I think I would take, I think I might even take Bubble Snare and like Tazim Royal Mage over the scavenger here. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It depends on how greedy you're feeling and how much you have a read that black is open at the table. Yeah, I, I think I got, at least in my mind, I was feeling a little tunneled here because I kept, I think I, as I grabbed Nighthawk scavenger out of the pack, I put it into my sideboard thinking that I, I wasn't playing black at the moment. And I think this Vine Gecko really especially because it was pick four. I think if it was maybe earlier, I wouldn't have thought about it as much of a signal. But I think this Vine Gecko is skewing my like thought process of like, I'm blue green, like going into pack two, I think I was just like, well, I'm blue green. I agree. So I think so this is an interesting spot to talk about, right? I think, you know, if you're putting cards in your main deck, and you're putting cards in your sideboard, your main deck's blue green at the end of black pack one. And I think pack two pick one after you take the blood chiefs thirst, your main deck is still blue green. Mm -hmm. When I take this Nighthawk scavenger here, I'm shifting my green cards to the sideboard and I'm pulling my black cards up, but I'm still not locking into green or black as my secondary color yet. I think I'm thinking it's more likely that I'm going to be blue black, but I would still be willing to shift to blue green if black dries up here. But I think yeah. this this pick is making me move the black cards back to the main deck. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, right. So then because then you get to move Blood Chief's Thirst and Thwart the Grave. But notably, Thwart the Grave is looking quite poor at the moment as you have Nighthawk Scavenger and Skyclave Squid. Those are your two creatures in blue-black. Well, but you'll get there, right? I mean, sure. that, that I think is not a huge concern to me. And something like Thwart is more exciting to me when I have a card on the power level of Nighthawk Scavenger. Agree completely there. So yeah, we take Nighthawk Scavenger. And 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 if you're Ben, you're responsibly starting to shift black into your main deck. If you're me, you're still holding on to this Vine Gecko dream. But that's, a, I think, about to get... This is where I make the switch here. So again... Blue cards, not good. Anti-cognition and a mythic Seagate Restoration as the MDFC for four blue, blue, blue. Draw cards equal to the number of cards in your hand plus one. You have no maximum hand size for the rest of the game. I have cast this before. 
and drawn more than one card, but I do not think that this is a card I want to take in this particular spot. There is no good green cards, Turn Timber Ascetic, Kazandu Nectarpot, Broken Wings. Those are not, not in consideration here. And I do think I'm going to take another black removal spell here and Vanquish the Week. Yeah, I agree. You're taking Vanquish here. Also, it's really interesting. We're looking at this draft on 17 lands, and prior to this pick, blue-green was in the possible main deck, and all of our black cards were in the sideboard. And then in this pick, it shifted all of the black cards up to the possible main deck, and you see all the blue, the green, and the black cards. Yeah, the only likely sideboard right now is Tuck Tuck Rubble Fort. According to 17 <laughs> lands, everything else is on the on the uh, table here. But I think that's correct. I think that's where I am at also mentally. Well, and then as you start to look at the power of the black cards we have is now three removal spells, Blood Chief's Thirst, Feed the Swarm, and Vanquish the Week, a near bomb status creature in Nighthawk Scavenger, and Thwart the Grave. And that's pretty great compared to Green's just Vine Gecko and then Reclaim, Might of Marasa, and Tajuru Snarecaster. That's not great. Right. Black is much more powerful than Green after picking up Vanquish here. Right. So it's weird that like I always feel kind of good in the drafts where I I'm like trying I'm thinking about being in green and then green is very dry and I navigate my way away from green that feels like a big win for Ethan to to get out (laughs) of that green danger zone when green is like not open it's like just don't draft it just 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 get away so uh pack two pick four again uh, Chilling Trap, only blue card. Maya Marasa, only green card. And then you've got your choice of Namana Skitter Sneak, Drana Silencer, pretty weak black creatures. I mean, black black creatures at common are just all pretty junky, unfortunately. Agreed. And then our MDFC is Palaka Predation. Two and a black sorcery, target opponent reveals their hand, you choose a card from it with CMC3 or greater, and that player discards that card. Yeah, I think you're snapping up Palaka Predation here. Yeah, pretty happy to get a second MDFC. And then pack two, pick five, uh, blue cards in consideration, Living Tempest and Field Research number two. And then black cards, you've got another Thwart the Grave at Uncommon. Yeah, we've gone pick for pick, I think, largely up to this point. We're going to differ here. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. That's what we're here for. So this is between Field Research and Thwart the Grave right now, Uh I think. So with the Roost of Drakes, I think Field Research goes up quite a bit. Yeah. We've already taken note that our creature count is low, so Thwart is not super ideal. Plus, I think if we're going to run another Graveyard Recursion effect, we'd almost prefer Blood Beckoning to Thwart to rebuy future things with Kicker, as well as to have synergy with Roost of Drakes. So I think all of that points me towards Field Research here, as well as the fact that we have a lot of premium removal and interaction. So we can almost operate like a more traditional blue-black control deck and just bury our opponent in card advantage after trading one for one. I love that. Yeah, I love everything about that because, spoiler alert, the Swarthor Grave number two that I took doesn't end up in the main deck. And I think a a second Field Research might have. So I like that pick quite a bit. Uh, And then pack two, pick six, I do think this is slightly interesting. You've got a Ghastly Gloom Hunter at common which is i think a really good piece for a, a blue black kicker deck there's also an umara wizard the four and a blue four three mdfc whenever you cast an instant sorcery or wizard spell it gains flying until end of turn yeah i we're we're diverging again here wow i'm on i'm on gloom hunter here over umara wizard i think it feels dirty but umara wizard has been nothing but disappointing for me yeah it's it sucks when your land can be a, a five mana four three creature with potential <laughs> evasion yeah that's that is pretty bad you're right no hear me out here so umara wizard's rawly powerful in that sense right but it doesn't have a lot of synergy that's going on we already have two mdfcs locked up i think they have diminishing returns much past three especially in something like blue black and you mean you you mean especially in blue black because you can't pick them up in that those colors 
Yes. Uh, well, I think Blue and Black have other tools to get card advantage as well. Like we have field researches and things like that. Yeah. Bloom Hunter is great when you kick it. Like 3-3 lifelink flying and some games in this format. And I think we're also in the market to pick a Blood Beckoning super highly. And I've really liked Bloom Hunter's index that have a Blood Beckoning. You, you make a solid case. I'm still I'm still landing on the side of Umara Wizard here. Um, just because I'm happy to pick up such a powerful MDFC here and lock up my third one that's on color. I think that's I think that's fine. I do think the pick's very close though, and I don't think it's I don't think it's unreasonable either way. All right, I think I think that's fair. Um, so moving on to pack two, pick seven, not super exciting. We grab a Skyclave Sentinel over like you know Moss Pit Skeleton would be cute, but we can't splash it. And Zulaport Duelist I don't think belongs in this particular deck. Agree. So we can round out the pack here. We get uh, Malakir Blood Priest pick eight over Stonework Pack Beast, and then on the wheel we snap up a second Skyclave Squid. Uh, a Living Tempest here, uh, the 5-mana 3-3 three, three Flash Flyer in blue, which is like, it's totally fine. Like, this isn't a bad card. It's just that we're we're used to playing cards that are better, but this is still serviceable, I think. And then uh, an Anticognition, Drawn a Silencer, Drawn a Silencer number two, and another last pick, Tuck Tuck Rubble Fort. So a, a far cry here from where we were at the end of pack one to where we are at the end of pack two with being solidly in blue-black having about 19 playables at the moment with three of them being MDFCs. So feeling really good about our playable count, even despite the color shift that we had in the middle of pack two going from green to black. So what are some things you're thinking about here as, as we go into pack three? Anything you're, you're looking for in particular? Yeah, when I look over the main deck here, we're fine in the removal department. If we pick up some removal, great, but I don't think I'm picking removal super highly unless it's got kicker or you know like if i have a choice between i don't know vanquish the weak and some good creature like a royal mage or something like that or even deadly alliance and tazim royal mage i'm taking the royal mage we need bodies and we need kicker synergy those are the things that i i have my eye out for i think yeah and i think just pure creatures like we've got seven creatures in the main deck right now with the potential right i have both thwart the graves in my main deck at the moment so really looking to up that creature count to make those cards work all right where are we at pack three pick one well pack three pick one works out pretty nicely so there's a there's a vanquish the week and a bubble snare as removal spells in our colors at common but our rare here is really nice. Thieving Skydiver, the one in a blue 2-1 Merfolk Rogue with flying and kicker X. When it enters the battlefield, if it was kicked, you gain control of target artifact with CMC X or less. And if that artifact's in equipment, you attach it to Thieving Skydiver. Yeah, card has been good. When you take an artifact with it, it feels absolutely like cheating. And otherwise, it's just a fine body on its own. I think you're happy snapping that up here. Yeah, it just like oddly has synergy with everything because it also has kicker. So it's like good with roost. So this felt like a, a really awesome gift here in pack three, pick one. Next pack, uh, we've got an Into the Royal as the best blue card in the pack. And then the black cards, there's a Malakir, Blood Priest, and a, a Scion of the Swarm, but that doesn't really go with uh, with our deck here. So Into the Royal feels like a slam dunk pick here. Yeah, I agree. And just to pause for a second, at the end of pack two, we are blue-black, right? There's no world where we're veering back towards blue-green. Yeah, I think that's a, a great point to bring up, and I would agree with that. It, it's hard just with the quality of the black cards that we have and the fact that we just saw no green cards. I mean, I'm trying to think of what, what would be the best card I could see. Like, Even if we opened a Verizal as like the blue-green rare, I think I would I would have to pass up on that. It'd be tempting be tempting but we have so many <laughs> it just feels so hard to make playables and we're giving up on so much right like even verizal plus vine gecko i'm not sure if that's better than you know all the good black cards that we have right we've got scavenger we've got three really good removal spells we've got we can at least play a thwart i don't know it'd be it'd be tough 
tough sell, I think. Yep. So I think we're into the rolling here and we're tunneling in on blue and black cards at this point. Yeah. So I think we can we can kind of cruise through the rest of this pack uh, as you know, we know what our colors are. There, there aren't going to be many tough decisions. Our playable count is there. So we snap up a clear water pathway next as the blue black rare dual land that felt good to take. And then in pack three, pick six, it's a little sad. We see a third, fourth the grave here. Definitely can't take that because I just don't think we're, we're there. We're going to take another serviceable Skyclave squid here to up our creature count. And then, oh, just under the wire, pack three, pick seven, we do see a Tizim Royal Mage, which is a gift here now that we've got, you know, we've got so many good things, but especially with double into the Royal, I'm thrilled to see the Royal Mage here. Yeah, 100%. Tizim Royal Mage is a great pickup here. And if we could, you know, pack three, pick seven, we would take Blood Beckoning crazy highly right now yeah for sure well we don't get a blood beckoning but we do get a, a fourth mdfc and malakir rebirth that's the black instant uh you choose a creature you lose two life and until end of turn that creature gains when it dies you return it to the battlefield tapped under its owner's control which happy to have a fourth on color mdfc round out the pack with a couple skyclave sentinels another skyclave squid that's squid number four here uh, another living tempest a third living tempest and subtle strike pack three pick 14 so we can take a look here at what the final deck was and and perhaps some notable cards that are sitting on the sidelines fourth or grave number two is out and subtle strike is out actually um i just thought our, our interaction was so good here with you know bubble snare double into the royal blood chief's thirst vanquish the weak um that i thought we, we could pass up on that and i'm i am running the full four copies of Skyclave Squid and and two copies of Living Tempest as well. Just wanted some evasive threats to close out the game. Yeah, this Roost of Drakes is good, but not insane. I think that second field research would have helped quite a bit. So looking at this deck right now, would you trade the Umara Wizard for the Gloom Hunter? I don't think so. I mean, we have eight cards with Kicker, not including the Roost. It's it's not a low count by any means. Right. I was, I was just curious. Yeah, I don't think i would just because i you know aside from roots i guess gloom hunter does the same thing though it's like a mana more um it's close i don't know that would mean i would have to make like a cut right because i'm counting wizard as a land here but I, I, I still agree that it's close yeah this deck looks super solid there's a there's a lot of filler cards but then once you get past filler the card quality is through the roof right there's not a lot of b minus type cards there's a lot of c c pluses and then shooting into the b b plus territory Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in my mind, in, in terms of building this deck, and the reason why I think the four squids are good is I, I really just think that this card is I really think this deck is like a tempo aggro deck in my mind, right? I'm just like trying to stick some early threats. I can grind for sure, but I'm trying to just like leverage my threats here, the squids, the risen riptide, the night ox scavenger, the living tempests. I'm trying to leverage those evasive threats or just cheap threats with all of my interaction. Yeah, makes sense. And I am happy to report that this deck did get maximum games, but also maximum wins. Went 7-2 here. Nice. All right, we're going to take a look at one of my drafts now. This is one from this past week on Arena. This is a best of one draft. And you sit down, pack one, pick one, and see the following cards as options. Commons that stick out. There's a Feed the Swarm and a Bubble Snare in blue and black. And then moving on to the uncommons, there's a Song Mad Treachery and a Roiling Regrowth that I think are not in consideration. Would take Feed and Bubble Snare over both of those. But there is a Relic Amulet, two mana for the artifact. Whenever you cast an instant sorcery or wizard, you get a charge counter on it, and you can pay two tap, remove the charge counters to have Relic Amulet deal that much damage to target creature card has been very oppressive as the format has gone on i think it's the best relic for sure 
Yeah, I, I agree. And then Luminarch Aspirant is your rare. One and a white for the 1-1 one, one. at the beginning of combat on your turn. Put a plus one plus one counter on target creature you control. Um, slamming and jamming this Luminarch Aspirant. Yeah, one of the best cards in the set, and you're going to try very hard to be white with it. Yeah, I want to take a quick pause and talk about that um, because I think this is a concept that has come up for me a lot with talking to the the students that I coach um, for draft that there are cards in the set. And I think you just have to have an idea of what that list is, like whatever Roost of Drakes and above these monocolored card. And sometimes you do this with some gold cards, right? If you're first picking a Thought Thief or a Cleric of Life's Bond or a Relic Amulet, um, if you think that that's going to be most at home in blue red, that there are cards that you want to hold on to for dear life. And it's much easier to do that with a monocolored card because even if white is cut, from the right, you can probably cut it enough that you can see it in pack two and then figure out whatever your second color is here. And Luminar Gasparin is definitely on that short list of cards that I'm I'm going to try my best to be white when I first pick this card. But you, I mean, you're willing to move off it, but it's harder to move you off it than it would be some other card. Yes, I'm willing for sure. I'm going to still try and read signals and whatever. And, you know, if I get that, if I get a pick four soaring thought thief, then I'm going to hedge in that direction. And obviously that doesn't go in a deck with aspirant, but that's my, that's in my mind here, right? I'm, I'm already starting to think I will make some concessions in power level if it's between a white card and another card in, in the coming picks. Agreed. Next up, you got a pretty clear pick here. I think there's no commons that really stand out. Best commons or like a Marauding Blight Priest and a Field Research maybe. Rare is missing. Your uncommons are Malakir Rebirth as your black MDFC that can save a creature from removal or something. There's Iridescent Horn Beetle, four and a green for the three, four at the beginning of your end step. Make an insect token for each plus one, plus one counter. You put on a creature this turn. And Cleric of Life's Bond, baby. White, black for the two, two. Whenever another cleric enters the battlefield under your control, you gain a life. And whenever you gain a life for the first time each turn, put a plus one, plus one counter on Cleric of Life's Bond. Yeah, this is a, an amazing follow up to this card. I'm feeling feeling like feeling great after these two picks. Right after and after these two picks, you're thinking, I want to be black white. Right, I want to be clerics hard. <laughs> yes, very hard. So moving on to pack one, pick three. See the following cards as options. In the commons, there's a core celebrant, two and a white for the one four. Whenever it or another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you gain one life. There's also a gnarled colony, one and a green for the two two with kicker, two and a green. If it was kicked, it gets two plus one plus one counters when it ETBs. There's feed the swarm if you want some removal. One and a black for the sorcery, destroy target creature enchantment, and opponent controls, and you lose life equal to that card's converted mana cost. And then moving on to the uncommons, there's a spoils of adventure here that you might be thinking about as well for white blue for an instant costs one less to cast for each creature in your party you gain three life and draw three cards yeah so i, I think this is harkening back to what we said in, in pack one pick one i'm going to make maybe some concessions in power whereas i think spoils of adventure is is a very strong card it might be the best card in the pack feed the swarm i still think is a, one of black's top removal spells so i'm, I'm happy to grab that but I think I really want to make sure I can play this Aspirant. So I'm going to take Core Celebrant. And not only that, Celebrant, if we end up in a Cleric's deck, is like one of the key engine pieces to that deck. Right. So I think you're taking, it's interesting, I think you're taking Celebrant over Feed here, but I think you're also taking Celebrant over something like Deadly Alliance as well in this spot. Yes. Well, I mean, I I personally still have Feed ahead of Alliance um, in my pick order. But yeah, I, I agree. I think Celebrant is just too good. It, it not only lines up with making sure you can play Aspirant, but even when you end up in a black-white deck, you just want as many Celebrants as you possibly can get your hands on, and then you'll get whatever black removal finds its way to you, you know? Right. This cuts Clerics the best. It matches mm -hmm. up as a white card with Luminarch Aspirant and is going to have synergy with your Cleric of Life Spawn. If you didn't have this good of a Cleric start, I think you could think about Spoils here because Spoils mm -hmm. is enough better than Core Celebrant, but as is... 
core cellar brew. Yeah. Moving on to pack one, pick four, things start to get a little murkier here. So there's not a lot of good white and black cards in the pack. There's practice tactics and McKinney Ox as your white cards and Mind Drain and Dreadworm as your black cards. And then the only other cards that really stand out are a Gnarled Colony at Common and Vastwood Surge at Uncommon, three and a green for the Sorcery with Kicker 4. You search your library for up to two basic land cards, put them on the battlefield, tapped, and then shuffle. If it was kicked, your team gets two plus one plus one counters on them. Yeah, I, I'm just so I'm so impressed. I, I wanted I'm kind of want to take credit for this pick, Ben. I, I thought of you when I made it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And you do get credit for this pick. I was on Gnarled Colony. My, my gut said Gnarled Colony. And I thought, you know what? Ethan says Vastwood Surge is better. I'm going to trust Ethan and I'm going to take Vastwood Surge here. Yeah, I mean, I do think, right, like Gnarled Colony is a solid creature, but if we're if we are going to end up in green, the thing that green wants to do is is splash and hit land drops and Vastwood Surge is just great at doing both. So I agree taking it here, but you're not happy about it, I don't think. I agree. I was really unhappy and bordering on like willing to take Mind Drain here, but I think that would be a mistake. Yeah. All right, moving on to pack one, pick five. See the following cards as options. Again, tough pickings in white and black and green. There's a Kabir Outrider. There's a Gouldra's Mucklord and a Territorial Scythe Cat. Those are the only white, black, and green cards, respectively. And then blue, there's a lot, a bounty of riches. There's a squid. <laughs> there's an Into the Royal still in the pack, as well as a Cunning Geyser Mage. Yeah, I mean, Into the Royal, I think, is the second best common overall. Best blue common for sure. And it's just head and shoulders above the cards in this pack. I just, you have to take it. Yeah, I think, agree, you have to take Into the Royal here. But then, so where, where's your head at right now for what you're hoping to do? Well, I'm not that upset. I would still like to be white black. It's fairly clear to me that that's probably not going to happen based on what's going on here. But there are cases where you like edge yourself in just slightly into the, these color pairs and there just aren't the uncommons or the, or the key cards that common opened at the table. And so you'll reap those rewards in pack two and pack three and you just sort of have to be a little patient in pack one. So I think ideally we're white black in my mind, but I'm fine to hedge into white green or white blue based on having the surge and this into the royal, you know? Right. And we're still hoping to be white. Right. Yeah. I'm still going to hold on to this Luminarch Aspirin for dear life. All right. Moving on to pack one, pick six. Still tough options. So in blue, there's a Zulaport Duelist as the only blue card. White, there's a Practice Tactics. In green, there's a Kazandu Stomper, the 6-5 Trample that lets you pick up lands. And there's only one uncommon left in the pack, and it is a good one. Lull Mage is familiar, one green blue for the 2-4. You can tap, add green or blue, and whenever you cast a kick spell, you gain two life. Yeah, this is really, I think, a great pick to talk about. I had messaged you, I wanted to think about do maybe doing an article or doing a whole episode on reasons versus rewards. And Lull Mage is familiar, I think, is a perfect card that like toes that line. So in my mind, Lull Mage is familiar is a reward for being in blue-green rather than a reason to go into blue-green, right? Like it's not as crucial to the deck as say Thought Thief is to rogues or Cleric of Life's Bond is to the Cleric's deck sometimes. Um, familiar is just going to be good in a kicker deck, but you can have great kicker decks without it. But having gone Vastard Surge fourth into Into the Royal fifth and now seeing Lull Mage is familiar, maybe we just have to abandon white black and blue green kicker is open for our seat i think that's the thought process i mean i took lull mage is familiar here i think you could make a case for practice tactics but that feels like forcing pretty hard to me but i think there is, there is an argument i think where you say i'm going to take practice tactics I'm a, i want to play luminarch aspirant and i'll look to be blue white party and practice tactics will be a good card if i end up in blue white party i guess yeah that's a fair argument it's just that tactics is so 
bad if we end up in the clerics deck. Like it's it's unplayable in my mind if you're white black clerics. I agree. I, I mean, I took the I took the wall mages familiar here, but I do think you could make a case for tactics. That's fair. Yeah. All right, moving on to pack one, pick seven. Doesn't get any easier. Oof. There's a Tajuru Snarecaster, two and a green for the one four with reach. There's a Skyclave Sentinel, three mana for the two three with kicker four, flying defender. If you kick it, it gets two plus one plus one counters on it and can attack then. And best blue card and only blue card, Merfolk Windrobber, blue for the one one flyer. Whenever it deals combat damage to a player, they mill a card and you can sack it to draw a card if your opponent has eight or more cards in their library. Yeah, I mean, it's not exciting, but Sentinel does have Kicker and is, you know, enhanced by both Lull Mage's Familiar and Vastwood Surge and that those cards accelerate you to being able to kick it. So I think that with this pick, I'm now pretty, not firmly, but I am, I'd say we now have more cards for a blue-green Kicker deck than we do for a white-black Clerics deck. And we have not seen hide nor hair of a white or black card really since <laughs> yeah pick three. that's true all right moving on to pack one pick eight we see some good stuff here uh there's a squid in blue in red and green there's still two uncommons in the pack there's a skyclave geopede and balaged recovery as the mdfc that can return a card from your graveyard to your hand still in the pack so way too late for some of those cards compared to what we've seen in the packs previously yeah i mean this is this seems egregiously late to me for a balaged recovery and also i'm thrilled to grab it and and get deeper into this blue green idea yep took balaged recovery here and was thinking at this point that i was probably going to be blue green with a slim chance that i could maybe be blue white or something like that Mm. all right moving to pick nine we wheel the roiling regrowth out of our opening pack other cards of note in the pack, a Skyclave Squid and a Tajuru Blightblade. Yeah, I mean, I think you're pretty happy to grab the regrowth here. I, I don't, also don't think it's crazy to take Squid out of this pack. Yeah, I think that's reasonable as well. I took regrowth because it was so messy, and I thought having Surge and regrowth let me get into green and potentially play white-green splashing blue or be some sort of a bant landfall deck. I just thought it opened a lot of doors for me. Right, it's a great tiebreaker here because it... it gives you and now that puts green in the lead in terms of the number of cards you have in in that color in three and so then you can go well i'm, I'm green and now i have outs i could be green blue i could be green white yeah i think that makes a lot of sense and also it, again like regrowth like surge does what green does best which is ramp and splash and so then you've got powerful stuff that you could consider splashing too right and especially after just picking up the balaged recovery it feel, feels like we're seeing green yeah and as much as i don't want to be green this is one of the time when you have a messy draft like this like and green's open, that's a time to move into green for sure. Yeah. All right, so rounding out the pack, we picked up a Turn Timber Aesthetic pick 10, a Tajuru Blightblade pick 11, a McKinney Ox pick 12, a Glacial Grass pick 13, and a Disenchant pick 14. So maybe green-white, maybe green-blue, maybe Bant. Yeah, I mean, this isn't a bad spot to be in, and I think this is a, a great way to highlight like what green does in the format and, why you ha- and how you get into green, and it's through these like late powerful cards like you get that basswood surge you get that late balaged recovery and you know now you can feel out what you're going to do with that information like what you're going to do with green and, and you're probably going to be some sort of ramp slash splashy deck right and so at this point in my mind i am green and i'm trying to decide whether i'm green white or green blue well you're about to get that decision handed to you on a silver platter <laughs> Yes. So pack two, pick one, see the following cards as options. There's a Royal Mage as a premium blue common, a Deadly Alliance as a premium black common, but we're pretty far away from that. Moving on to the uncommons, there's a Skyclave Cleric as our MDFC, Shatterskull Minotaur, the 5-4 Haster, Demon's Disciple, we're not interested in any of those, our rare Boom Baby, Felidar Retreat, three and a white for the enchantment landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you get to choose whether you want to make a 2-2 cat or put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control and give them vigilance. Yeah. Windmill Slam. 
And and now with that and Aspirant, I mean, you could still be green, blue and splash Felidar retreat, but I'm now thinking green, white is what's on the table. Yeah. Green, white landfall, actually, with the with the surge, the regrowth mm-hmm. and the Felidar retreat. I, I'm in the market for Scythe Cats. I'm in the market for Prowling Felidars, all that sort of stuff. Agreed. All right. Moving on to pack one, pick two, see the following cards as options. There's a Tazim Royal Mage as a premium blue common, as well as a Bubble Snare. There's a Prowling Felidar here, three and a white, two, three vigilance with landfall. Get a counter on it for each land that enters the battlefield under your control. There's a Core Celebrant and not a lot in the green department. There's only a Jiraga Visionary and then rare still in the pack, Archpriest of Iona, white for the star two. Its power is equal to the number of creatures in your party. And at the beginning of your combat, if you have a full party, target creature gets plus one plus one and gains flying until end of turn. Yeah, so this is a super interesting pick, right? You just said I'm in the market for Prowling Felidars, but I do think I would still take Core Celebrant over it just because you know, if you think about you've got Luminarch Aspirant, you've got Philidar Retreat, you've got these powerful cards that if if turns progress, you're going to win the game. And I can't think of a better card that lets you see as many turns as possible than Core Celebrant. Yeah, I agree. That's what I decided here. Um, and that maybe we could have some sort of a party sub theme in our green white deck and Core Celebrant would be good there. I think four drops and above have to be pretty good for you to take them aggressively. So I landed right. on the Core Celebrant here as well. Moving on to pick three. There's not a lot of great options. Uh, there's some junky white commons in Cliffhaven Sellsword, Expedition Healer, and Kabira Outrider. I do like Sellsword. We need some twos, uh, but there's a better two at the uncommon slot in Vine Gecko for us. One on a green for the two-two. Your first kick spell costs one less to cast, and whenever you cast a kick spell, you get a counter on the Gecko. Yeah, when I initially saw this pick, I, I think there's a, a real argument for Expedition Healer out of this pack as well though it's a little early to take that i think this was like pack three because you've only got two cards with kicker right you've got surge and skyclave sentinel at the moment um but there is this is super interesting because does taking vine gecko here make you think at all about still being like green blue splash felidar retreat yes i think there is consideration for that here as well okay that that's the the biggest selling point to this card for me is that it's it's so powerful in that green blue deck if that does end up being what's open and green blue can have that sort of effect like i talked about with you know a tribal deck's not open in pack one and you just have to be patient i think the same can be said for the blue green kicker deck as well right so our white cards right now are aspirant celebrant celebrant retreat and mckinney ox the only ones that we're really excited about are aspirant and retreat and if we take this gecko here and we shift back towards blue green we get to add lull mages familiar and into the royal which are great additions to the deck and we're enabled to splash fell at our retreat Aspirant's less good of a splash, but you could still think about it. So I think there's some real consideration for that. Yeah, I like that. All right, so Gecko in. Moving on to pack two, pick four. See the following cards as options. There's Reclaim the Waste in green. Green, search your library for a land. Kicker three, if you kick it, you get to get two lands instead. There's another core celebrant. And in the uncommons, there's a Lull Mage is familiar. One green blue for a two four, tap to add blue or green, and whenever you cast a kick spell, you gain two life. I would be so tempted to take this Lull Mage is familiar and shift back <laughs> to green blue. I mean, seriously, like, you know, with how open I think green is, you can see Reclaim the Wastes later. Like this one could wheel even. And you've already got two pieces of fixing in regrowth and surge that you know take familiar here and shift back feels pretty sweet with getting to add another familiar and into the royal end of the pile i I think that i think i'd take the greedy pick here especially with gecko having just been picked up i'd be like all right green blue kicker is wide open let's let's dive in i think that's reasonable i took reclaim here because i was thinking even if i were green blue kicker i'd 
like to lock up the third piece of fixing for Felidar Retreat. It Reclaim just works so well with making sure I get to play Felidar Retreat and cast it in green mm-hmm. blue that I took it here. I don't think taking Reclaim rules out hedging back towards blue green here. I agree. I just think that familiar is just a, a rarer piece to that deck and you've already got two pieces of fixing. So like you can already splash Felidar Retreat easily. And I think it's likely that you'll see more reclaims. And I, I love reclaim. I think it's think it's a great card. So I, I think it's close. Yeah, I certainly respect the Lone Mage's familiar pick for sure. All right, moving on to pack two, pick five. See the following cards as options. In white, there's an Ahiri's Binding and a Core Celebrant, and there's no green commons that we're interested in, and no blue cards really of note. Skyclave Squid's the only one. And moving into the uncommons, there's a late Relic Vial here, so maybe the maybe the Cleric's Dream was alive from the left, but certainly didn't feel like it in pack one. Mm-hmm. And Balaged Recovery here still in the uncommon slot. Yeah, ha- happy to see Balaged Recovery number two and pick that up. Yep, that is what I took as well. Moving on to pack two, pick six. Slim pickings for white green. There's a disenchant in white and a dauntless survivor in green. And in blue, there's a risen riptide, two in a blue for the 05. Whenever you kick a spell, it gets base power and toughness 5-5 five, five until the end of the turn. Yeah, I'm going to diverge here. And this is a card I don't like at all, but I think just for curve considerations, I would take a dauntless survivor here. We have very few two drops and, and very few two drops that we're happy to trade off with, right? I don't don't want to tussle with my Luminarch Aspirant or my Vine Gecko early. So I think I would grab the survivor here. Yeah, I think that's a reasonable. I was still thinking, you know, maybe we wheel the other Lull Mages familiar and I end up in blue green kicker and I didn't feel like I was going to miss Dauntless Survivor, but certainly good reasoning there. Moving on to pack two, pick seven, we pick up a Kazandu Stomper out of a largely empty pack. That's nice to grab that with your two M- MDFCs. Yes, absolutely. Pack two, pick eight, we pick up a Cell Sword for curve, two mana, three, one. Moving to pack two, pick nine, we wheel that Expedition Healer. So slotting in again, we shore up our two drop curve quite a bit. Yeah. With the Expedition Healer pickup here. There's no blue, some red still in the pack here. Electromancer and Shatter Skull Minotaur, but we are way far away from that. Pick 10, we grab a Draga Visionary as a solid four drop that's going to get us deeper into our deck, find our good cards like Felidar Retreat. And I think important to note that this was the only green card in the pack the first time we saw it. Yeah, so wheeling that is huge news. Like, not that that's exciting, but that's definitely information. That's exciting. That means <laughs> green's pretty open, and we're getting a solid four drop when it was the only green card in the pack, which bodes well for pack three. Yeah. And then the pack rounds out with a bunch of nothing, really. So I think with picking up all of those white two drops at the end of the pack there, I'm leaning back towards white green just because we have such a solid curve in white green yeah and the lull mage's familiar didn't wheel and so you have to assume that someone else is in blue green at the table i I would think or at least like thought about it for a second yes i think that's true so going into pack three if we're looking at this what are some things that you see that you're trying to pick up here heading into pack three the biggest thing that i see is that you have no removal right so for white green we have no interaction. I mean, in, even if you dip into blue, you've only got into the royal. So that's the biggest thing I'm trying to shore up. You've got a Tajura Blightblade, so I'm not super mad about having a Rabid Bite, right? The Death Toucher plus the Rabid Bite is is good. Um, I, I would play a Begrudging Nahiri's Binding, but I'm also looking at, look, you've got Reclaim, Roiling Regrowth, and Vastwood Surge. You're not splashing anything at the moment, but you're primed to be able to. So I'm definitely looking out for those single pipped removal spells like Royal Eruption or Deadly Alliance. Yeah, I think removal is 
priority number one. And I think we've just got a lot of filler that we would like to upgrade as well. Right. Yeah. Like these McKinney oxes you could take or leave. Yep. All right. Moving on to pack three, pick one, see the following cards as options. And I think we're, we're pretty locked into green, white. There's some chance that we could play blue or splash around, right? Yeah, there's, there's a chance. But I think as you said, like having those two drops come around sort of makes that a little inflexible. So there's Gnarled Colony here in green, the two drop with kicker. There's an end of the Royal in the pack as the best blue card in the pack. There's spoils of adventure. If we wanted to dip into the Bant life, the blue, white, gold, uncommon. And our rare here, Myriad Construct, four mana for the four, four with kicker. If it was kicked, it enters the battlefield with a plus one, plus one counter on it for each non-basic land your opponents control. And whenever it becomes the target of a spell, you sack it and make one ones equal to its power. Yeah, there's a couple other cards I'd mention here. Sajiri Shelters the white MDFC in the pack and Feed the Swarm as a splashable removal spell. But I think Myriad Construct is just rawly powerful enough that I'd take it here and hope to see, you know, if we don't see another splashable removal spell, I'll be a little sad that we didn't take Feed the Swarm here, but I'm, I'm hoping that we can get one a little later. Yeah, I took Myriad Construct as well for the same reasons. I just think it, the card is raw power. Moving on to pack three pick two there's not great options at common there's a geyser mage in blue but i think we're leaning towards green white there's a cell sword as another two drop three one vanilla if we want that but i don't think we're interested again in the uncommons there's a vastwood surge if we want to lean harder into the landfall theme but our rare is a pretty sweet one tajuru paragon one in a green for a three two it fills every party member type and has kicker three if you kick it you reveal the top six and you can put a creature card that is a party member into your hand yeah you've got like seven party creatures in your deck right now so this is just a rock solid two drop and then if you top deck it or draw it later in the game it it has a very real chance of drawing you an additional creature so that's a, a great pickup for you yeah that was a huge win Moving on to pack three, pick three, things are cooling off rapidly here. In white and green, we have a choice between a Tazim Raptor to pick up an MDFC and a Core Celebrant number three, as well as a Canopy Bayloth, three and a green for a four three with Landfall. Yeah, I'd be tempted to grab Raptor, though with you having picked up the Paragon, picking up another creature with types is is good here in Celebrant number three. Yeah, I was torn. I ultimately decided my deck wanted to play defensively and have inevitability Mm -hmm. in the late game, and Raptor's a little out of place there. The same reason I didn't take the Bayloth. So I decided I wanted to go full shields up with the core celebrant. That makes sense. I like that. Moving on to pick four, see the following cards as options. Uh, There's no real green and white cards at common and two splashable cards here in Spoils of Adventure or Moss Pit Skeleton, the blue white uncommon and the green black uncommon. Right. If inevitability is the name of the game, if digging towards your powerful cards like Felidar Retreat or Luminarch Aspirant is what you want, then I think Spoils of Adventure is a great splash. Yep. That's what I ended up on. And it did end up making the main deck. Moving on to pick five. Literal no white other than a Mesa Lynx and no green other than a Kazandu Stomper. But again, super weak packs. It's not like we're shipping goodies along in other colors here. No, not at all. So we take Kazandu Stomper pick five as another curve topper and a way to pick up our Balagad recoveries. Moving on to pick six, we grab a Felidar out of a very weak pack. There's a Broken Wings here that I think probably should have been the pick just based on the fact that we have Stone Zero interaction right now. And I think would have been a nice addition to the main deck. 
And this deck is like heck and soft to flyers. Like you can gain a lot of life, so maybe you can like race them in that sense. Um, but yeah, my th- there's like a, a huge hole here in, in terms of your opponent being able to fly over your one fours. Yeah, so I think I was a little tunnel vision on the landfall stuff, but I should have picked broken wings here. So how does the rest of this draft round out? Uh, we get a Skyclave Sentinel pick seven I, again over a bunch of filler in Felidar and Dauntless Survivor and pick eight. I actually think I made a really bad pick here. Um, so there's a choice between Narlid Colony and Nahiri's Binding. And I took the Narlid Colony. But again, I think we need interactions so desperately that I should have taken Nahiri's Binding. I'm not sure what I was thinking here. Yeah, it feels bad. But like, yeah, you have stone zero removal right now. Actually, I probably do know what happened. I, I just loathe Nahiri's Binding so much <laughs> that I thought, eh, I don't need that. But be, be a contrarian. Yeah, truth be told, I should have taken Nahiri's Binding here. And we wheel a Narlid Colony, pick nine, which is a great pickup for the deck. And then things round out with a bunch of filler, nothing particularly exciting. So a lot of power in the deck, but again, missed some chances to pick up interaction. So we literally ended up with no ways to interact. But that that's one of the weaknesses of green-white, right? Is that you don't... The other colors have like so many different options of ways to interact. Like green-white... It's Rabid Bite or Nahiri's Binding at Common or Bust. Yeah, it was It was certainly, a, it was definitely a challenging draft. There's a world where I think you could have gone green-blue, but I don't even think pack three goes much better for you if you jump into green-blue. No, and you're just, the Celebrants do a lot for you, right? They do a lot more than double Lull Mage's Familiar would have done. Yeah, so the main deck when we look at it here is pretty sketchy. There's Double Colony, Aspirant, the Paragon and the Vine Gecko in the two-drop slot. Triple Celebrant, Triple Skyclave Sentinel in the three-drop slot and our Balagad Recoveries. Um, we've got our Myriad Construct. We've got our Felidar Retreat. Um, but the, the deck's got a lot of great top end as far and top end as far as like the best cards in the deck, I mean. Yeah. But then there's a lot of filler as well and no removal. And this ended up 3-3 at the Mythic ranks. Yeah. I mean, I could 3-3 die- is not surprising. If you told me it went 6-3, I wouldn't be surprised. But also if you told me like 1-3, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I think the lack of interaction really hurts. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. But tough draft. And I think interesting to note that we, you know, pushed down multiple lanes in pack one and got cut out of a lot of them and then settled into green and backdoored into green white. Yeah, yeah, really interesting draft. All right. So a couple sweet drafts there. Hopefully, you know, just seeing navigations like that and talking about some of those key decision points is very helpful to you. And I think that's a great place to wrap up the episode here. Thank you, as always, to Salty Pretzels for our intro and outro music. Make sure you give it a listen. Thanks so much to ChannelFireball.com for sponsoring this podcast. If you're heading over to CFB for any and all purchases, signing up for CFB Pro, please consider using LOL as your code at checkout to let them know we sent you there. You can check us out streaming on Twitch. I'm at twitch.tv slash Lord Tupperware. Ben's at twitch.tv slash Mr. Metronome. Mr. is spelled out. You can also tweet at the podcast or either of us. You can tweet at the podcast at Lords of Limited or under our mentioned usernames if you've got any feedback about the show or any questions shoot us an email at lords of limited at gmail.com thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you next week for another episode of lords of limited thanks everybody see you later